what we're doing tonight is a little different because normally we would do a like live stream that's not really related. Sometimes it's related to the videos and the podcasts we do weekly, um, but normally it's just like a discussion we have. We're also trying to record a podcast weekly, um, trying being the keyword. We don't always nail it, but we're trying to. Sometimes they partner up with the videos we release bi-weekly, and sometimes they're just topics we're just you know talking about throughout the week. Tonight, we're actually doing a... It's a live stream like discussion like we normally do, but we're also doing uh, the podcast as well. So if this all works out and all the gear and everything we're using sounds good at the end of this, this will actually be the podcast this week. And Christina will put the link to the podcast in there at some point tonight. Um, So if you're not on the podcast, we are on Apple Podcasts, Spotify google play there's like we're basically anywhere you find podcasts you can find us just search my name lauren taylor uh and you should be able to find that there anyway so this will be doubling as our live stream tonight and our podcast so hope you guys enjoy what we're doing and if you're listening to this later hope you enjoy as well so tonight what we wanted to talk about briefly is um kind of the ravi zacharias bombshell i guess we could call it um For those of you who don't know, Ravi Zacharias for, man, since I've been a little kid, I remember listening to like Moody Radio. Down here, it's like 91.1. I don't know. I I think they're syndicated nationally, but it's a big Christian like radio alliance. Um, And I remember like my grandfather, like us taking like long trips and stuff like that and listening to Ravi Zacharias like speak 20 years ago, maybe even longer. Um, So I've kind of grown up with this guy in my ear. When I was younger, obviously, he uses way too many big words for me to understand. Um, but he seemed very well respected, like in the Christian circles. And so um, now he and, and help me with these facts here, because I don't want to get them wrong. He passed away May of 2020. I think it's May. 2020. May of 2020. Yeah. Um, and I think he was 74 years old. Um, I'm just going off the memory of kind of reading some facts today. So Ravi Zacharias passed away May of 2020. I don't think it was COVID related or anything like that. I think, I think it was cancer. cancer right. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. And it was pretty aggressive, right? Like it, he didn't have it for a super long time. I don't believe so. Yeah. Cause I don't remember here. Like I don't remember hearing about him being very sick and being hospitalized. I, I feel like I just heard he had cancer and then very shortly after I heard he passed away. So yeah. I don't know if they were trying to keep that under wraps or if it just hit him quick and that's how it went. Um, but anyway, so yeah, he passed away May 2020. He was 74 years old, which is a good long life. Um, and for the longest time since I was a little kid, he was uh, revered as uh, one of the, I would say, one of the greatest Christian apologetics of our age. Um, he was really well known for going into like college campuses and what I guess Christians would call hostile territory. Um, not just churches. I think he did churches, but he was very um, engaged in the academic sector, I guess, if you will. And he wasn't afraid to walk into a, a, a verbal war room where people were like, what you believe is stupid, defend it. And that's really what he was known for, is defending his beliefs. Very well read, very well studied. I believe he's Indian. I, I Yeah, um, I was looking at this earlier. He was, he's Indian, but from Canada, and then moved to America or something like that. Oh, interesting. <laughs> Yeah, something. Let me see. So anyway, yeah, go ahead. I'll look it up for you. Okay. Um, 
so yeah, so this guy, really well known, I would venture to say, um, respected in almost all Christian circles. Um, even if you weren't necessarily on his frequency as far as theology goes, he was very well read, uh, very well read and studied. And I think a lot of Christians respected the work he was doing uh, globally, not just in America. I mean, globally, he traveled all over the globe doing this. Yes, globally. Yep. So he was Indian born Canadian American. Got it. So, anyway. so he passed away May 2020 mm-hmm. died of cancer and then what was it about a month or so ago that these reports started coming out uh, yeah i May- didn't even think a month ago maybe okay um so what happened first about a month or so ago was that um there was some uh allegations put against him now mind you this is after he's passed away right mm-hmm. um so there were some allegations that he had potentially got caught up in some sexual misconduct. No one knew what that was. No one knew what that meant. And if I'm being honest, and I think a lot of people chalked it up to nonsense. We were just like, there's no way. Like, this guy was an upstanding character. Um, and I think at first, a lot of people brushed those allegations off. I know for a fact that even his ministry team denied all allegations mm-hmm. right from the get-go. Um, what they found out and what I think we all found out later is that they had no idea what was going on either. And, and I think their outlook of him, which I watched another, uh, content creator today remind everybody that his kids sit on his board as well. Now his kids are even older than I am, but I mean like he's got family on his board. So there is family that is still finding out this stuff too. Like he, it wasn't like they were all helping him hide the secret. He did a really good job of hiding that secret by himself. So after the initial allegations came out, then it was, um, over the course of this past month or so, more and more information came out. And I think, this past week, uh, Ravi Zacharias International Ministries, I think that's the name of like their corporation or whatever, uh, finally put out a statement and released like a 12-page document um, going over all of the allegations. And uh, long story short, they have basically said that pretty much everything that has been um, alleged against him is true in one form or another. Right. Um, so I'll pull that up. What, what do you have yeah. there? Um, I had it's. Um, an open letter from the International Board of Directors of um, Ravi Zacharias International Ministry. Is that what it's called? Ministry? Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, it's from their board of directors. It's from their website. And, um, yeah, they just said um, the allegations were true, essentially, and they, they did hire a law, a law firm to investigate all of the claims, just, just the sexual mis- misconduct claims, which... Yep ended up being tied in with also some uh, financial right yeah, um, yeah, yeah. misconduct right um, I'm trying to so that's like their open letter so you have mm-hmm. that if you want to post the link to that I posted just now I just posted in the comment section a link um, to a 12 page report it's called the report of independent investigation into sexual misconduct of Ravi, mm-hmm. Ravi Zacharias is that the same one you have it's there it's linked to the open letter okay so basically, this is a 12-page, very in-depth report of all the allegations, and uh, it basically just sums up everything we were just saying. Like, mm-hmm. um, So I, I just want to be... I want to try to run through this quickly. So essentially, uh, Ravi had... I think he owned or, or co-owned, or co-owned um, 
multiple like spas and massage parlors. I don't know if there was any in the U.S., but I think he definitely owned some overseas. Um, and so essentially what was happening here is in some of these places, he was um, communicating digitally with some of these women uh, who I believe were all way younger than he was. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was, um, you know, inappropriate phone conversations, uh, oh. getting uh, inappropriate pictures from them. Well, and he was, um, uh, trying to think of the word, uh, being inappropriate in person with the massage therapists. Right, right, right. So uh, just quick disclaimer, if you are watching with your kids, don't right now because we're probably or, just going to talk or, or if your kids are okay hearing some of this stuff like we're not going to be too like graphic or anything but like i think it's important to kind of go over like what he was being accused of and what actually happened and i was going to say or if you were a a victim of some type of abuse that you feel that you don't want to hear it right we, we aren't going to go into that much detail like you said but um if you did read the report it might be uh triggering or right. um, hard to read so he has, and, and once again, all of this stuff is in these documents of the links we're posting here. But um, so basically they, they got into, I think, multiple cell phones. Um, I guess he saved cell phones after he was done using them or something well, like he that. Used different app, apps. Right, right. Like, so long story short, uh, there was nude photos found on his phone. There was inappropriate conversations. Um, I guess he had even met with some of these woman, women and helped them out financially. Uh, and then after he helped them out financially, he basically said, well, now that I've helped you, you kind of owe me a favor. Yeah. Uh, the funds, from what I understand that he helped them with, were actually funds from his ministry. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't like he was just pulling out his wallet and giving them money. He was using ministry funds to kind of trap and solicit sex with these young, impressionable, and a lot of times um, underprivileged women you know, that needed the money, uh, that were living in, uh, kind of third world country situations. So, um, and at the same time, uh, receiving sexual favors from these women too, uh, actual physical sexual favors, not just digitally online. Um, so it just kind of like goes on and on and on. And that's why I say like over the past week, it's just kind of been a bombshell because it turned, it started with an allegation or a couple, and now it has just gone into this in-depth report of like, all of this stuff that is basically even his ministry is saying, yeah, it's it's all true. I also didn't know that there was a prior allegation in 2017 or 18. I didn't um, know that either. With a woman from Canada. Uh, I don't think they ever, um, I don't think they ever met in person, but um, there was an inappropriate online relationship. And um, like she sent nude photos, that type of thing. Um, and I guess she decided to blackmail him for like for like five million dollars and then um basically same thing as legal team was like, No, that's absurd, that's ridiculous. Um, they kind of defended him. Um, then they counter like they were like, um, when you're talking bad about someone's name. Uh slander. Called? Slander, yes. Yeah. They were like, Okay, you're you're slandering Ravi right. and our ministry. So I think they ended up settling out of court. So she um, did get paid. Mm-hmm, but mm. they settled. I mean, she didn't get $5 million. Sure, but um, she got money. Yeah, they settled. And then um, I, I, when I was reading their open letter um, this year, like their, their recent open letter, they kind of apologized to her for, sure. for saying, like, we feel disgusted that we 
didn't believe you and um you know they they made sure to apologize to that woman yeah and what's crazy about the situation um you know we a couple months back we talked about the carlin situation and he kind of as far as i know to date it was just the one affair with the one woman and that kind of blew up and it, it seemed over a short period of time not years and years and years um, and that was crazy, and that has totally just kind of rocked the Christian landscape. But now we have someone like Ravi who has a way broader reach, respected in way more circles, and it's not like just one affair. I mean, you're talking about, I mean, dozens potentially of different cases of um, inappropriate behavior, uh, misusage of uh, you know, ministry funds. Um, one woman went even as far to call it rape. I mean, that there's, these are like serious allegations. Now, obviously, he's passed away. I don't know if and how his ministry can be held accountable um, or if it's just kind of him. I mean, the damage is done at this point, right? Um, so I don't know. Maybe there's going to be like lawsuits and settlements that they're going to pay out now through his ministry. They, they have a restoration plan as a ministry. Okay. As a whole on their website. I can't see personally. I can't see this ministry surviving. I mean, he's gone, so I don't know if there was a plan for it to continue anyway, but I can't see it surviving after all this is kind of done and settled. Um, they'll basically, in my opinion, use the ministry to settle, pay out, make a restoration plan, and then I think the idea is just to kind of fade away into obscurity after they do that because I don't think at this point, I don't think there's any redeeming that ministry as far as like the name and what it is, not the people in it. Uh, as far as I know, those people are good people. They got blindsided just like everybody else did. But, um, what I don't want this to be is just like us bashing somebody doing like a horrible thing. Um, but it, it is crazy to me because, you know, a, the character of this guy didn't seem like, um, he would do that. B, he was in his seventies. Normally when, uh, Christian guys get caught up in like sexual kind of encounters or whatever. They're, they're younger. They're in their twenties, thirties, maybe forties, definitely not their seventies, you know, and there's a lot of reasons for that. But, um, but yeah, so, I mean, he's an older guy and it looks like this was happening over the span of years. I think he's been married for like 30 or 40 years before he passed away. Yeah. And I didn't, I didn't read this in any of the articles, but is his wife still living? Yeah, I I believe so. Okay. See, I didn't, I haven't seen anything about her. I'd have to look. Um, because, I mean, that's got to be horrible for his wife and mm-hmm. kids, too. Because, like I said, from everything I understand, nobody saw this. This was just a complete, like, blindside. So what I don't want to do is just bash the guy. I don't know what was going on in his personal life. Um, clearly, it wasn't healthy. Kind of the one question I want to pose tonight and just, you know, maybe sit on for a minute or two is when you have somebody that uh, influential in the Christian space, um, and literally his entire ministry was all about humanitarian work. I mean, that's the whole thing, right? Like he wasn't trying to be that rock star pastor, right? He wasn't trying to like have this persona that a lot of guys that get caught up in these kind of things, he wasn't trying to do that. His work was very humanitarian. I'm just, I'm still puzzled on how things like this can happen to someone like that. Um, especially someone that seasoned in ministry, that age, um, it, it just, I still can't wrap my head around it. Like part of me is like, I don't understand this. Um, but it all does come back down to um, a couple things. I, I saw a couple creators talk about this. Like A, 
if you're not healthy, it doesn't matter what kind of platform or ministry you have, you're still unhealthy. Uh, and unless you get some help or unless you find ways to get healing with what's unhealthy with you, uh, you will drag that into whatever you're doing. It doesn't matter <clears throat> if you're, you know, on a stage talking to thousands of Christians or you're working at a grocery store. If you're unhealthy, you're unhealthy and you'll find a way to drag that into your life. Um, but then the second is when, when you're unhealthy, when you drag these things in, I think there's this idea that uh, guys on that high of a platform, uh, either A, they're too big to fail, or B, they we assume they're surrounded by so many other Christian people that they can't get themselves into that kind of trouble. And I, and I did hear uh, his ministry team talk about how they failed to hold him accountable. Now, they didn't know 99% of this stuff was happening, um, but even still, they said as a ministry team, we did not do our part to make sure um, that he was on the up and up. Yeah. But I, And I, I kind of feel for them because, man, a 74-year-old guy who's been in ministry his whole life, married for 30 years, you know, doing humanitarian work, on the outside, that's the last guy you think you really got to, like, hold accountable, you know? Um, and so it's crazy because these things happen in ministry and, um, it stinks because there's people watching, right? There's outsiders watching and, uh, you know, moral collapses like this, I don't think will be the death of Christianity uh, because it, let's be honest, it's going to happen again. There will be more pastors who fail, um, because people fail, right? Like that's just what happens. But when it comes to like institutionalized failures, which I don't know if this technically qualifies, I do believe the Carl Lentz thing qualifies, uh, with like just the lifestyle he was living, but I don't think anything about Ravi's lifestyle pointed to this personally. That's, I haven't read that. He seemed to do a very good job of kind of covering all that up. So, um, you know, what do you do with that information? What do you do with, um, guys who seem to be very well respected, um, who seem to be very well grounded in ministry, um, whether they're dead or alive, what do you do with that information when they just completely collapse under the weight of their ministry? And the, the sad part is he's dead and gone, right? Like his legacy will be forever tarnished, which is horrible because he did a lot of really good work. Um, but not only that, like what's, tends to happen in these situations, which I'm not, I'm not going to be the one to jump on that boat, but I know a lot of people want to discredit the good he did because of the bad he did as well. I don't think you can do that. There's other ministers and other pastors and other Christians who've held platforms. They'd made some really bad, stupid mistakes, but I don't think that erases the good stuff, whether it's the theology or whatever else they bring to the table. You just have to learn how to weigh that stuff. I heard another content creator talk about how this is why we should not idolize Christians. We can respect them. Uh, we can look up to them, but we have to remember, like, there's still a potential that they, like, they're not Jesus and we can't treat them as such. Um, but I think this one hurts. I think the Ravi one hurts because... It's just so out of out of the blue. I, I wasn't expecting it. Yeah, it feels out of character for it what does. you know about Robbie. Um. Yeah, totally, completely out of character. And it, like like I said, my brain is still having a hard time trying to like process that. And I think um, the hardest part is is because he was on a platform. And I think that's, you know, I mean, it's more seen, it's more known. Um, and that's when really people come out with their pitchforks and... Um, 
especially non-Christians, I feel like they this is all the ammo they need. I mean, I right. think Christians should be more, should display more and offer more grace. Um, they don't always do that, but I think that's especially... Um, well, it's hard in this situation, particularly in this situation, because he's already passed away. So yeah. it's like... I hate to say it this way because I don't mean this like in the eyes of Jesus. I'm just talking like in the eyes of the public. There's no redemption. Yeah. Ravi can't defend himself. Mm-hmm. He can't explain anything. He can't even repent at this point. Like he's already passed away and now the bombshell happens and he, there's just a wake left and he can't even be a solution now because he's gone. So this is a very unique situation because you don't always see this. Um something comes out so much longer that the, the person's already dead and gone. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, in this particular instance, um, he may not get redemption. In, once again, I'm talking about in the people in the Christian community's eyes, not necessarily Jesus's eyes. Um, yeah. I, once again, like it's very hard to speculate, like what was going on with him? Like what was so unhealthy and who knows? Like I haven't seen anybody talking about that. Like I haven't seen anybody, you know, saying, um, you know, like, oh, well, here was a, uh, behavioral pattern that we saw and, and here's some things from his childhood and we should have known better. Everybody just is completely blindsided by this. No, and I think everyone is susceptible to, um, being attacked essentially, uh, like struggling is what I mean. Everyone's susceptible to it. Um, it's just with Ravi, it was, he was so, I mean, he was, old (laughs) right um it's like you know like you said it's like they're past it which no one's ever past struggle but i i guess that we get that in our minds like when you're older and you've done something for so long and um you know it's been a clean track record it's it's hard to think somebody could well i don't know i can't speak for women and maybe if you want to jump in on that uh, in a second but I can't necessarily speak for women and how they deal with like sexual temptations and issues and stuff like that. I, for a guy, I don't know if this is like the most biblically sound advice. This is just what I've learned like over my years of like just being a dude and like dealing with dude stuff. Um, is that whether you're married or not or dating or like committed to somebody, even if you're a single guy, like I think this still applies. The, Four guys, I think. This is just my opinion. I could be totally wrong. Everybody could disagree with me. I think options kill guys. I think the moment guys have a bunch of options on the table without accountability is the moment things start going really wrong. Um, So I had a friend get married. I don't know. Must have been. uh, This is before even you and I got married. I had a friend get married and he asked me like in a group of guys, he's like, hey, man, like, what do you think? Like, what's what's the like keys to success to a good marriage? And I literally, the first thing that popped in my head and I still hold by it today is eliminate your options. And by options, I mean women. Like do not put yourself in a situation um, where it's even an option, where it's even a possibility. Not because you're weak or not, because like as men, you just never know like what way those things can catch you, you know? Um, But I do know that eliminating your options makes it way easier to not mess up in that arena, right? Um, that doesn't mean like you have to like put on a spiritual like 
robe and like never speak to another woman again that's not your wife you just have to be very careful of the situations you put yourself in so in the case of someone like ravi who gets to travel internationally doing ministry all the time meeting thousands if not millions of people over the course of his ministry opening up spas and things like that um what i know that doesn't seem like a stretch is that someone like him wouldn't have a hard time finding options if they wanted to. How he kept that under wraps for so long, I have no idea. Um, but I think, you know, in retrospect, that's probably, obviously there's something unhealthy going on that would cause him to do those things. Um, but if his options weren't there, we may be having a totally different conversation right now. So that's always kind of my one thing. Like when I'm talking to guys, um, you know, every guy deals with sexual stuff differently. Everybody views it differently. I can't speak for women because I don't know. You guys are a mystery to me. Uh, but I, as far as like guys and like the dudes I grew up with and like people that I'm still friends with now, um, it is options. That's the one thing I'm always telling them. Before options, it's, it, it comes to intentionality. Like, wh why are you not giving yourself options? What are your intent? Like, you're being intentional. You're being, I don't know how else to describe it. You're being purposeful. Like, I don't know the other word for it. Right. I can't think of it right now. Yeah. And I just think if you put yourself, you if you walk into enough burning buildings, there's a good chance you're going to get burnt yeah. eventually. I think if you avoid burning buildings, you, there's a way less chance you're going to get burnt. Now, that's <clears throat> the simplest I could put it. <laughs> yeah. um, and I think for men, like that is something I wasn't taught that. Like growing up, I was always taught like, and maybe this is just me growing up in like a hyper Pentecostal, like whatever, like sex is the devil unless you're married. And even then we still don't talk about it because it's like super taboo. And yeah. so every time you have a sexual thought or urge or impulse, um, you're sinning and you're going to hell. Like that's literally like how I grew up with sexuality taught to me in Christendom. I totally disagree with that. Now I think sex can and should be a very healthy thing. I think the church should actually do way more talking about it in a positive reinforcement way rather than just negging people to death about it because then it just makes it taboo. Then it yeah. just makes it this like, Oh, it's a dark thing that like now I have to go hide it. Um, and so to me, I was never taught like, hey, man, maybe like limit your options. Maybe don't put yourself in those situations. I was always just taught like sex is an evil thing. And if you have any sexual thoughts as a 13 year old boy, which all of them do, um, I was just taught that like you're a yucky person for that. And that's not true. And I don't think that's healthy. Yeah. Um, but if I'm being honest, I think that idea is very much perpetuated throughout Christianity, especially modern. Well, not even just modern Christianity. I mean, like it, through, I would say, the past couple of thousand years of Christianity, um, a lot of it kind of came from John Calvin, and, and I don't want to get into all the theology, but sex has been kind of this taboo, yucky topic. <clears throat> and because of that, when guys are struggling, maybe girls too, I don't know, I'm just speaking from a male perspective, but when guys are struggling, I think we are taught more to feel gross about it, feel bad about it, which will in turn make us hide it. Uh, and so someone like Aravi, um, maybe it started with just inappropriate text. Maybe it started with inappropriate pictures or whatever. Um, but because it's so taboo in the Christian world, much more even for a leader, 
uh, I think the immediate response is to hide those kind of things. And then they hide and then they fester and they typically grow and get worse and worse and worse. And it starts with texting and then it's pictures and then you're meeting up. And next thing you know, you've got a 10 year track record of abusing women. Um, and so that's just something I've learned in like my short time of trying to be a decent human being is like, if I limit my options, I limit my options. Um, not that you still don't have to exercise self-control and like try to view people correctly. And, um, but yeah, so, you know, that's, that's the one thing I think that his ministry could have done better for him is recognized. Maybe he's walking into too many burning buildings. Maybe he needs to have accountability, not because he's doing anything wrong or because we perceive him doing anything wrong, but we want to make sure that he is being set up to succeed. Right. But at the same time, the dude was 74 humanitarian, (laughs) you know what I'm saying? Like I get the impulse to not do that for someone like him. Um, but I think if this teaches us anything, the temptation is out there and it can really hit anybody at at any age. So, um, is there anything else we kind of missed here? I know we're just kind of going over this, but, um, about the specific situation. Yeah. Yeah. Just in Um, general. No, I don't think anything that, that needs to be brought up. All right. It's all on their website for everyone to see. And they, like I said, they have a restoration plan. So, um, it looks like they will continue to do ministry and um, keep moving forward because they have a very like huge ministry. Like it's international, right. so um, it's I, not just small little. I don't know how state. they get past this. I'm just being dead honest. Not um, not unless they completely rebrand, restructure. They got to get his name off this thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because once again, like I said, there's just no redemption for his name. His name, honestly, will be tarnished probably well into our adulthoods it's it's which is sad because he did a lot of really good work and good ministry but uh, you know i don't know that anybody's going to ever look at his name the same so if his ministry is going to go on if his people in ministry his partners even his kids uh, i think the best thing for them to do is solve the immediate fire put that fire out and then restructure reorganize do whatever you got to do but honestly i would jump ship quick (laughs) just on the name because i don't think you're going to make a comeback from uh, because of, of what happened and because he already passed away there is no redemption for his name you know what i'm yeah. saying and i think that's the hardest part is that if he was still alive there could be a redemptive process he could put out a public apology he could get sued and go to court you know there's there's things that could happen to where he could begin to work himself back into at least decent standing but because he's already passed away that that ship has sailed yeah and so i think his name is just done Personally, maybe I'm being too dramatic, but I, I just, that's what it looks like to me. So I would just say, you know, for, as far as his ministry is concerned, restructure, reorganize, rebrand, and, you know, then move on. But, yeah. um, okay. Well, uh, if you're watching this later, um, there's a bunch of links here in the description. If you are listening to this in podcast form later, which it'll probably be up tomorrow on we're in February, right? Yeah. February 17th, the podcast will be live. I'll make sure Wednesday. to post it first thing in the morning, Wednesday. Um, so if you're listening to that um, in the podcast, go ahead and click on the description and I'll make sure all those links are in the description of the podcast as well. Um, yeah. And if you're checking us out on Facebook later, make sure to check the links out. Uh, be sure to check out our podcast. I'll post the links as soon as we get off here. Um, obviously, if you haven't subscribed to the YouTube channel, do that. That's where the bulk of our 
um, content is coming from on a probably bi-weekly basis. Uh, we kind of have a fun video com- coming up this week. So uh, yeah, check out the YouTube, check out the podcast. We also have a Patreon that is up and running. If you want to partner with us, all the options are there as well. I'll make sure to post the link to that. Am I forgetting anything? I don't think so. Okay. Well, uh, yeah. So you guys are awesome. Uh, you know, I, I didn't want this to be just like a, like a really negative thing, but there isn't much positive to really pull from this i know that sounds like kind of gross and defeatist but um i mean i think there's always a lesson to be learned absolutely not be a fun lesson right right and but, and and once again just because of the way this all shook out it's just very hard to put this in a positive light there's just like even with the carl Lentz thing in a year or two we might be talking about like man, look how his marriage got restored. Look how healthy his kids are doing. Maybe he's starting to get back in ministry. There's room for redemption there, right? With Ravi, you don't, you don't, you're not going to get that. Like, that's it. Like, there is no sequel to the story. It's over. Uh, and I think that's why, to me, it just feels like kind of like a, a more somber conversation. Um, and, and what stinks is, I don't think this is over. I think there will be uh, more people who are going to come forward. Cause typically when these things happen, it takes a while for all of that to kind of come out. People are scared. They don't want to, you know, <clears throat> I think I even read in a couple articles that they think there's a couple people under an NDA that he made them sign. Mm-hmm. So maybe they can't come forward unless a judge allows them to do that. So, and then if there's any legal, you know, ramifications, it's going to have to go through court cases and settlements and all this other stuff. So I wouldn't be shocked if in, you know, two, three months down the road there we're still hearing inklings about like the fallout from all of this, but, um, hopefully they get it cleaned up quick and, you know, um, hopefully they get those ladies help. Uh, there was a lot more yucky stuff I read that he did that I, I don't even want to mention here. Not because it's too graphic, just because it's gross and like sleazeball. Sorry. Um, but anyway, so yeah, that's it. Uh, check us out. YouTube podcast. We have a Facebook discussion group, which I know I saw a couple of you guys watching on there uh be sure to join that it's public for now we're probably gonna have to make it private pretty soon um anything else no all right well you guys have a great week and we will see you soon hopefully you know you guys like the studio we're working hard over here so anyway all right have a good week see you later